We're very glad you've joined us. We know you have many uh, options when it comes to podcasting. A few months ago, I began this journey with you about listening for love and learning. And it's been very profound in my own personal life. And I have to tell you that when I began this, I thought, well, I'm a fairly good listener. I mean, I've actually taught this subject a time or two. And I have several small groups that I lead that... Now, if I say the word listening, they go off into teaching mode and tell me what they've learned about it. So I was feeling a little smug, I must admit. But I talked to you about distractions in the world that we live in and the hearing possibilities. I even gave you a long list of things that are technology tools that interrupt us and make noises the computer, the phone, the dishwasher, the iPad, the TV, the microwave, the oven, the oven's timer. Um, I have an oven, a micro, I have two ovens and an, a microwave, and I counted that there are seven different timers because the timer for the clock is different than the timer um, setting for the food is different than the noise that goes off when the temperature finally reaches the degrees I've set it for. Do you, do you get that? Just seven on those. That's not to mention all the rest of them. And then, of course, there are people like children and husbands and wives and parents and friends and dogs and doorbells and doorbells. And we have one of those dandy new rings. And we like it quite a lot. And we love playing the game that someone who's at our door ringing the bell and we're out to dinner and we um, pick up the ring and the telephone and we say, hi, we're sorry, we can't come to the door. We're at the restaurant. Do you want to join us? And they laugh. But that ring rings even when I'm at the restaurant. So there are a lot of distractions. But today I want to talk to you about the same word, distraction, and the things that distract us from Jesus. Now, that sounds like the same thing, doesn't it? But it isn't. Because to follow Christ means that we must let go of excessive attachments. What are you attached to? That's a hard question for me. I feel like I have a lot of attachments. As I've gotten older, I've released some of them. Oh, like I released the bell collection. (laughs) And then I got rid of 500 books when we moved. And I was sort of bragging about these things that I've released. And then as I asked the question of myself before I ask it of you, what am I attached to? What am I excessively attached to? What passing pleasures and possessions, what kind of tangible goods are there? And does Christ ask me to abandon everything, things that I'm excessively attached to, to follow him? I think he does. I think he asks me to make him first. And I find how interesting uh, it can be to say yes to Jesus and really My yes is my yes, and I couldn't mean it more. 
But I realized that the distractions are just not the bells on my microwave. The distractions are things that I'm excessively attached to or that I could become excessively attached to. One of the things I find people are excessively attached to right now, and my husband and I are talking about this because we have watched more TV in the last two years than we may have watched in our entire lives. That says a lot because we're not young anymore. But there's the constant conversation. Like uh, we were counting the people that we talked to during the holidays on the phone, people we were with in small groups during the holidays. The subject of the new series, Have You Watched, was like common language. And... David and I came home one night. We were with another couple. And David said, it's really nice getting those new um, leads, I think he called them. And I thought, yeah, it is nice because we don't know what else to watch. And then, oh, oh, wait a minute. There was a distraction not only of the TV, but how about the, they're not called servers, they're called streamers. How many streaming Entities do you have? I called them servers, my grandson corrected me, Nana. They're streaming. And I said, yeah, but how many do we have? I'm not going to tell you how many we have until we've cut them all back. So TV is not something I would have ever considered that I was attached to, much less excessively attached to. Now, my question isn't about the distractions or the TV. I'm asking you to consider with me things that distract me from Jesus. Here's a C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis identifies several things that keep us from this kind of adoration. The first is inattention. Now, adoration. We are not to adore anything but the one true living God. I know we use that word kind of casually. It's like the word awesome. That has become a very um, secular word, a word we use all over our culture, but really God is the only awe, the thing we can have awe in because he is the only truly awesome. And yet we use that and adoration and a lot of other divine words. So C.S. says the first is inattention. How easy is it to be caught up into the whirl of life and miss the overtures of the divine love? Hmm inattention. Do you find yourself paying less attention to God? A second obstacle C.S. Lewis calls the wrong kind of attention. We see a sunset and are drawn into analysis rather than doxology. Oh, that just knocked my loops. I thought to myself, yes, I see something and I begin to Analyze it and discuss it. A third obstacle in Lewis's list is the adoration of greed. Our addiction for more, more, more destroys our ability to adore because it keeps us from reflection. Instead of enjoying pleasures, we demand more pleasures, whether we enjoy them or not. Does anybody know exactly the year C.S. Lewis died? (laughs) These words have been written 
for 40 or 50 years, we're not talking about the 21st century. We're not talking about the noises that Donna Otto gave you a list of a few months ago that are distractions. We're talking about things that are substantive, that distract us from Jesus. Inattention, the wrong kind of attention. Greed, wanting of more. And Lewis's last is uh, conceit. He lists one more obstruction, conceit. How easy for those who discovered God in the ordinary to get very smug about it all. We who teach are especially prone to this temptation. I don't know about you, and you're just hearing this. I read the words and had an opportunity to pause at the C.S. Lewis quote before I put this um, ideas together in this podcast. But I'm quite um, broken by how many of these things have become a part of my life. And his, his plea to me to enjoy the pleasure I have instead of looking for more. We moved a few years ago, as you know, um, those of you who have been around, and we moved from what everybody used to call the perfect house. It was quite a perfect house. It had all, every space for everything, and you know, the extra closet you don't usually have. Well, we had it. And we moved to quite a smaller house, not a perfect house, I might add. And in the process of trying to get it livable, did you hear that word? I think I called it livable, but in fact, I was trying to make it another perfect house. And I wasn't enjoying the pleasures for which we bought this house. A beautiful view of the mountains, a big expanse of green grass just to sit and look at the green grass. Are these things distracting you from Jesus? Not just the noises that interrupt us, but distracting you from Jesus. John Ordberg talks about the self, the stuffed with the self. He says, we can be so much about self that we are stuffed with self. And then a friend of mine who I talked to about this subject, and he said, you know, the problem I have is that I want to work for Christ, not work with Christ. That was his distraction. Oh, all of these distractions caused me to ponder, and I'm offering them to you in hopes that you will ponder them as well. What keeps us from listening, and listening as our new friend Mary Gee, that's what I'm calling her, from India, encourages us to listen and obey, listen for guidance. What are these distractions that keep us? Yes, they're the microwave noises and the dings and the bells and the ring at the door and the telephone for 15 different kinds of chimes. But what about the distractions that keep us from the main business of moving toward Christ? There are two places in the scripture, and I want to just tell you where they are and let you look at them. The first one is in Galatians, and I read it in light of this, conversation about being distracted from Jesus. And it's when Peter has been engaging with the Gentiles. And Paul is writing the account in Galatians. And Peter's been entertaining Gentiles, having dinners with the Gentiles, being engaged with the Gentiles, because he wants them to know about Jesus. But when the conservative Jews come from Jerusalem, Peter starts 
honing it back and pretending he's not doing that because there's such a brouhaha about it. And it was the distraction that Peter finds himself with that kept him and encouraged Paul and he to discuss that this distraction was keeping him from the real issue, which was talking to people, any people, about Jesus. I loved it. And then in 1 Timothy, Paul is telling Timothy to stop his profane chatter as it will lead others to impropriety. And I thought, here here are these two New Testament ideas about the distractions in life. Hiding from the conservative Jews, like Peter was doing, or his profane chatter. I don't know about you, but sometimes I hear myself talking, and I talk a lot, and I think, it may not be profane, but it is often idle or useless or not necessary. Now, I have the, one of the dearest friends in the world, and I am very blessed to have a number of very intimate friends. And she, when I chatter too much, she never says a word unkind to me. But I notice that as I chatter, she gets quieter. It's, it's like a silent signal that says, you're talking too much, you're talking too much. Later, you're going to say, I was talking too much, wasn't I? And I thought how much I love her uh, for being present with me and helping me to see that my talking too much can be a distraction from listening. Listening in the middle of the melee for things that God calls us to you to do. Do you think God speaks to you? Now, if you're a cessationist, you do not. But if you're like me... You believe that the Holy Spirit, who lives and breathes within me, the incarnational Christ, speaks to me, and he does tell me what to do. And I've had some very interesting engagements with that listening voice, and I think the next time we're together, I'm going to share one of them. I'm Donna Otto, this is Modern Homemakers, and I thank you so much for joining us. I know that you have many options these days. 17 years ago, when I started podcasting, I didn't even know what it was myself. And now everyone's doing it. Well, almost literally everyone. They're just popping up everywhere. So I know you have a choice, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your year-end gifts and donations. Another year, the ministry has ended in the black, and we're very, very grateful to all of you. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go and make it a very uncommon day of examining the distractions you have from listening to Jesus.